wisdom And here comes the truth And here comes your favorite podcast Always still made for you So, I'm here to ask the hard-hitting questions Okay Coke or Pepsi, what do you like? Are you kidding me? What do you like? You're a Coke guy, right? Yeah (laughs) Coke zero zero sugar. Mind-blowing. Coke. And and, but in Slurpees, Pepsi's a better Slurpee. Oh, I was I was in Winnipeg, Trevor. Cherry, Dr. Pepper. Oh, God. It's like loving a sweetheart. And it was kind of late, too. And I was like, oh, there's no caffeine in this, right? (laughs) Oops. Mm -hmm. It was a large... Yeah, and I would have went extra large, but I didn't even see it there. I didn't even see it. Oh, well. Brent, what are you, Coke or Pepsi? We are a Pepsi house, but no, I'm all in on Coke Zero Sugar. Okay. It's okay. magic. It's just Coke. Carter, what about you? I, Coke, I like Coke better, but Pepsi's good, too, but... Did I tell you? Was there a like time the... in the mid-90s where... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. There's a time in the mid-90s. Yeah, where I think everyone my age was into Pepsi. It wasn't so much the drink, it was the points. You guys remember Pepsi oh, points? Pepsi points, I do remember that. So you Under get like lid. that's like that's like Colette Meadows house in grade seven, Pepsi points. Yeah. <laughs> You'd get five for a twelve pack or like one for a uh you know, one for a five ninety one milliliter one. And yeah, you'd always check under the cap, get your Pepsi points, eh? And you could get stuff like Pepsi T-shirts, you know, a, a disc man, um, a bike. There was one person in the neighborhood shaving up for a Pepsi bike. Mm-hmm. Never that got it. So yeah, that was didn't quite get it. So <laughs> ro- like so unhealthy. Yeah, in our exactly. middle school. Like every day, what was it? Was it a big slam? What was the shack size? <laughs> Pepsi. Just, Oh, I remember that. I completely forgot. It probably had two points. <laughs> have to slam down a liter at lunch. No. Oh. Yeah, and I don't know. Like my my dad would take me golfing, and I wouldn't even be you know paying attention. I'd just be rifling through the garbage can, getting those Pepsi <laughs> flipping, points, flipping those lids. You know, <laughs> your 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 father brought. Uh, what's your dad's name? Uh, I'll just call him Doc. Doc, did you bring a raccoon to the course here? It's a wild animal. <laughs> He's right the trash on every hole. This is my uh, rabid son. Um, he's feral. <laughs> Ignore him while he goes through the trap. Yeah, because little, little did you know, golf club uh, clientele aren't uh, really that interested in one single Pepsi point. So us kids, for the taking. Oh, well. Uh, so th- there was a commercial that I think was pretty popular there where they'd show you all the cool Pepsi stuff you could get. And uh, at the very, like, this person brings a bike. This person, uh, you know, has a Pepsi skateboard. And then at the end, this guy lands a Harrier aircraft at the school guard. And it it, it would say, like, every, like, you know, here's the skateboard, 500. The bike, 800. And the Harrier lands in the school parking lot and says 7 million. And that was the commercial. And so you're like, haha, that's funny. Well, uh, John Leonard didn't think it was funny. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So 
He had 7 million Pepsi points to collect, and he was going to get that hairier. So Leonard was a climbing... He wasn't a kid. He was an adult in his early 20s, and he uh, was in college, and he was a climbing instructor. So he had access to rich clientele, and he consulted with a lawyer and advertising experts, and he spent $4,000 back in the mid-90s doing this, and he figured out a plan. He submitted 15 pep... And so there was catalogs and stuff there, too. The only time the Harrier showed up was the commercial, really. So he submitted 15 Pepsi points, so that's just like, you know, 36. And uh, you could buy a point for 10 cents each. So he sent in 15 Pepsi points and a check. That was good because, again, he had all these investors from his climbing uh, lessons. Um, so $700,000 American, he had a check included. And sent to Pepsi, requesting one Harrier fighter jet. Pepsi said, no, it was a joke. Get out of here. And he's like, okay. And he sued him, took him to court. And it was a years-long legal battle, battle there. And uh, the judge ultimately ruled in Pepsi's favor, saying it was a joke, you stupid person. Oh, that's not cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Did um, they take the money, though? They gave the money back immediately. Yeah, like immediately. But did they, they ever? Did they keep what he gave him a check? Yeah, and they—I don't think they ever cashed it. They sent him some Pepsi merch back. Okay, and well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and and he repeatedly said, "Oh, I wasn't making a statement. I'm not looking for a settlement." But you know, with him meeting with all the the lawyers and the advertising uh, experts, he was clearly trying to catch them in you know false advertising, and then they'd settle with him for like. You know, like, here's a million dollars, go away, kind of thing. We're not giving you a Harrier jet that's worth, at the time, $33 So, yeah, so he did a lot of research there. And uh, I guess the biggest thing is, how could Pepsi possibly procure a Harrier jet? Like it's the same way that he could procure Pepsi points, by just giving (laughs) a monetary replacement. But he didn't want to... He wanted a jet. He didn't want a, a, well, a, a, a settlement, I know. So, because, yeah, it's a weapon of war. How would Pepsi ever get their hands on a weapon of war, right? Don't tell me there's another twist where Pepsi had weapons of war. <laughs> Pepsi, Pepsi at one time had the, the world's sixth largest uh, yeah. military naval <laughs> navy. Are you kidding? <laughs> No, not at oh, all. Not at oh, all. Oh God, Carter, no. Yeah. No. So Russia, <laughs> of course. Where else are they going to get them? Russia. Uh, Russia wanted to, you know, start incorporating some, uh, um, you know, some luxury items there, and and they liked Pepsi. So Pepsi started exporting <laughs> syrup to the USSR for them to, you know, bottle and make Pepsi themselves. Oh how, how how would how would how would communist Russia pay Pepsi for that right? With a tank. The, the ruble. Ruble is worthless outside the boundaries of the USSR, right? You know, it's it was not a publicly traded commodity. It was uh, you know internally used currency within the bloc. So what they did was that they paid them in vodka. <laughs> Here's you give us the Pepsi, Pepsi, and we'll give you the vodka, and then Pepsi would take that vodka. And sell it in the in the states. Fair trade, fair trade. Um, but in 1980, 
the U.S. was forced to boycott Soviet products, including vodka. So, ooh, Pepsi, so uh, Russia's like, well, we still want that Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Pepsi's like, yeah, but you're not going to pay us, and the vodka's dried up. So, what do you suppose you do? And so, in the '80s, there, Russia signed over 17 old submarines <laughs> and three warships. Which, how many subs does Canada have? I think zero. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And Pepsi had 17. So Pepsi had uh, all these weapons of war in the 80s there. And the plan was to scrap them. And, you know, with all the, you know, the metals and, and valuables there, they, they got their payment for for providing the syrup. But, you know, people talk about the cola wars. <laughs> How great would that be if, like, Atlanta, Georgia... Coke uh, bottling uh, facility, <laughs> just uh, seventeen Russian subs and Pepsi with Pepsi flags roll up. <laughs> and be like, we don't even call it the Cola Wars anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then after that, their their payment just got more and more. The USSR built like oil tanker fleets for Pepsi that then they rented it out to like actual like Exxon and whatever like that to transport oil. And then you'll let us open up Pizza Huts in there. But then that fell apart when uh, Lithuania, who made the mozzarella for, for Pizza Hut, needed US dollars for payment. And, and then finally, you know, when things opened up and uh, the fall of the uh, Jeez, USSR, work. then uh, Coke, Coke came in and sort of ruined the monopoly. So Pepsi was in a little bit of competition. Okay, can I go upstairs for a second? The dog is trying to break out of the uh, the gate, and there's a bunch of chicken bones lying around. That's gonna swallow and die. So just a second. Sounds awesome. Live live podcast. Yeah. He just has a trail of chicken bones suspiciously outside the dog kennel. <laughs> Did I tell you guys when I went to like it was I it's not bad but um I just walked into like emergency cuz like there's no doctor here ever and you can never get a doctor and like you have to wait months to get a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. It's like terrible in the walk in you have to sit with all these like sick people that have covid, you know, uh in the walk in if you wait and you could be there for like 5 hours. So the the key is if you're up at like midnight on like a weeknight. Mm-hmm. You can just like walk in, and there's a doctor on call there, and they'll just like see you. Because unless there's something serious, if, if if they're busy, you just leave. You know, like yeah. So it's like the midnight walk-in doctor, basically. <laughs> um, but which would be a kind of a cool like play or something. Oh yeah, this is the name alone, the midnight doctor. The midnight walk-in doctor, a midnight doctor, yeah. Um, but I had um. I had some food stuck in my gums. I got like a gap because my teeth are like shifting for no reason. It's not good. Um, but I got a gap that I got some food stuck in and then I got food that got really bad. So I like cut my gums trying to get it out with floss. So I got this wicked infection mm. and my gum was like swelling up on the inside, which is fine. I've had it swell up a couple times, but then it started getting to the point where when I was turning my head, my neck was sore and that means the infection spreading. And that's when it's like not good. Um, so once you feel the infection spreading, you go to the doctor. So I walked in and uh, 
He's like, oh, yeah, you got a wicked infection somewhere in your gum. Uh, I'm going to give you an antibiotic and uh, prescriptions for some more tomorrow, and you need to go to the dentist ASAP. So I went to the dentist first thing in the morning, and uh, he was able to get me in instantly and pulled a popcorn kernel that was like a centimeter up the side of my gum. Oh, my gosh. And it was black. It had been there for five days, and it was black. It was so infected. Um, it was just, like, rotting. My mouth uh, was, like, smelling like garbage, like rotten garbage. Oh. That's how bad the infection was getting. Within, as soon as he pulled it out, my mouth flooded with garbage pus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but as soon as I got it out, it, it went, within 20 minutes, it was 90% gone. Like, it was that fast of a relief. Like, it was just like, he's like, yeah, uh, that pretty much brought you to your knees, eh? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, 500 years ago, you like, you could have lost your whole jaw or died. Would have killed like, you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah, he's like, yep, it's funny how something that little could just destroy you. I was like, thanks, philosophy dentist. <laughs> it was like really, really weird. And he's this like Indian guy, so he's got a really thick accent too, which makes it even kind of like cooler. Um it was just very like deep. He's just saying all this would yeah. just kill you. And so I had a cleaning schedule the next day and he canceled it. Mm-hmm. He said, come back in a week, but he took some x-rays and then I showed up for the x-rays and I'm getting my cleaning done. He goes, Oh, you have um, a cavity or not a cavity, but uh, your old filling, it's like 20 years old and it's starting to come apart. So he's like, I need to like drill out your old filling and put a new filling over top. Yeah. So I'm going to do it now while I'm doing the cleaning and then the freezing will kick in, you know, and then I can just go right into that. So I was sure. not, it's the worst when you're not expecting a, to get work done, you know, because then you're not like ready for it. So, and this guy was just jabbing my gums with those needles and uh, I barely felt a thing. But now that the freezing's all out a day later, it's just like the whole side of my mouth is just beat to hell. I could feel like where the needles went in, but... <sighs> He was really, uh, he was really giving her. But uh, so, were you all frozen up for cleaning extraction? For which one? The popcorn extraction. Or nope. Just, like, he nope. was able just to wiggle in there. He was able to get a tool under my gums without me feeling it. Basically, so I didn't just, even feel it. Yeah, I, was, I think it was so like full that oh. it was kind of just I didn't even notice it in there. So you just. Yeah. Got a mouthful of pus and garbage. It tasted like rotten. Like if if you ever had a sucker system, was there the sucker going to get rid of it? No, I just spit it into the sink next to it. Uh. Yep, it was unbelievable. But before I went to the to the to the doctor that night, Mm -hmm. I was trying to get it out, and I was like um, (laughs) flossing, or I was using like a toothpick from the side, and I would pull the toothpick out. And it would stink like garbage. Ugh. And I was like, that's coming from inside my face. Like I have a, a head that's rotting. Part of my face is literally like decomposing as I live. So this is not good. Um, yeah, they say once an infection spreads in your like ear or jaw, like that's when it's, you go to the doctor. So, And the doctor, even at the ER said, yeah, you made the right call coming in. Like he's like, yep. Yeah. This is not something you want to put off. You're the guy. <laughs> Everyone else I saw here wasted my time, but you're good. Yeah. 
No, he said, oh, this is a good call. This is a good call because it's moving. And that's because when I got my first really bad ear infection in like 20 years when I was in Kuwait, I went to the ENT and he said, if you ever get an ear infection and it starts moving to your jaw, it's like you go to the hospital no matter where you are. He's like, because that's, once it starts moving, he's like, that's bad. So once I couldn't turn my head because my tooth was so infected, I figured maybe that was time to go in. Really cool doctor, too. Brand new to town. So, hmm. Normally, I try and sweet talk all the medical staff because they're all from out of town and you want to be in their good books, right? Having doctor friends is not a bad idea. And so it's always like, oh, you heard of Johnny's? I'll get you some tickets. I'll get you to a show, you know? And it's always like <laughs> China, but I can't do that anymore because there's no like, no perks. Take your, uh, take your disc golfing. <laughs> <laughs> so how how sick have you guys been the like last two months with uh, Jeopardy takes? <laughs> oh God! Nobody's just... cared about this freaking show for twenty five years, and all of a sudden it's the uh, the hottest thing. People people are just riled up and mad about some show they don't watch. Yep. They should just cancel it. Jeopardy should just end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after Alex died, you know, Alex, it's over. But I, oh, I'm not is, even. Gonna... It is bad, but that's like Jeopardy. What? Uh, I could. What? It's Jeopardy is just like a nice thing, right? It's, and some it's rotten thing guy. Ca- and some rotten guy comes and just destroys it and takes it over. So one thing that I'm very intrigued with is he was the executive producer, and before that, he was the executive producer of The Price is Right. Mm-hmm. What does the executive producer on those shows do? <laughs> Especially yeah, when like, Alec is there. Hey, Alec, we need a little more energy today, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you can see if it's like a new host. Like, you know, you want to look at the camera here, Alec, and and talk to the people after the second commercial break about, you know, uh, what, they, what they're into. What do they do back home? How many of the kids they have? You know, like... Alec yeah, like, like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, Alex could just, Alec could just rent his own cameras and have the yeah. set in his backyard and just do the show himself, like, from the podium. And, and it's like, there's writers. So it'd be like, hey, you know what we need? College week. That's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, need, uh, we need to go, you know, teams of colleges yeah. or uh, tournament like of champions. Done, like okay. we've done for the last 25 yeah. years annually. Exactly. We need, we need questions about volcanoes. People love volcanoes. <laughs> and like, what do you do as the executive producer of The Price is Right? Like, oh. Less T-shirts with Drew Carey's face on it. I don't want anyone picked if they got a, you know, a picture of Drew Carey. Like, are they like training cameramen? It'd be like, if you've watched TV in the last twenty years, point at Alec <laughs> and point wide shot of the three, and then we got another one close up on each two contestants, yeah. and then a wide the, shot to take us um, out of the commercial break. The like, end. There's a formula. Any idiot could do this, um, and it's just ridiculous. Uh, but he had a behind-the-scenes Price is Right podcast, of course, because everyone's got a freaking podcast. 43 episodes. But he had to pull it down as soon as the reporter from The Ringer started digging into his history. Immediately gone. Uh, but it, it, sort of, yeah. it sort of came up. Yeah, it'll probably happen to us. <laughs> yeah, we're screwed. But, you know, it sort of revealed that article, what he did as an executive, what his big decisions were to, to do on The Price is Right. 
He wanted the models to wear bikinis and wear shorter skirts. <laughs> oh no. Like, this dude, is... is like a 12-year-old boy is the producer? Like, you know, like most executive producers fight with the network. Listen, we need that 7.30 time slot on Thursday. Yeah. No, you're the Jeopardy time slot. <laughs> you know, you've been the same time slot for 30 years. Oh, it's just like, what does that person do? He wasn't oh, even yeah, good. Yeah, bikinis. We need bikinis. He wasn't even good at Jeopardy. Oh, I already wasn't a bad host. I think. Uh, I think oh, they... we're not devolving into Jeopardy takes here. I said. I think it's Ken Jennings or just end it. I don't even like Ken Jennings on it. I don't even think he's that good. But that's the only person that has any claim to the throne, man. Lavar, of course, but. Lavar was Robert. the internet's darling, but he yeah. wasn't actually that good, I hear. But he sucked. Aaron Rodgers was better. He could get better. Just get Aaron Rodgers then. What about like Neil Patrick Harris? I think he'd be good. Oh, but I think he just because I saw the Matrix, I just saw the Matrix uh, trailer yesterday and, and he was the opening and character. And what's her name? Maya Bialik is a garbage human. Yeah, sounds like it. That's the thing too, is anybody who's not Lavar gets all their Anti Faxer Zionist. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> Anti-C-section. I'm, <laughs> I'm a girl. I'm a girl who likes science. Give me Jeopardy. Also, C-sections. The baby should just die instead. No vaccinations. And yay, Israel. Well, like, oh, you're trash. She, she she didn't say that C-section. Her opinion was C-sections are bad, but other people have it, and it sort of seemed like I don't know why you're bringing this up. And her kids were vaccinated after she did her research. Yeah, she's garbage. <laughs> oh, she's total garbage. She's fired too, right? Uh, no, no. Oh, she's got to be fired. She's still doing the prime time, and she's doing the like regular one for a while until uh, they bring someone else in. Sure, oh. it's done. Yeah, like, and he's an executive was executive producer of like Wheel of Fortune too. I think hey, Vanna, Ken Jennings. Order skirts. Is that I think Ken thing? Jennings couldn't uh, until it gets to like, hey, Vanna, uh, longer skirts, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think only the only reason Ken Jennings didn't get it was because of my friend Bean Dad. Oh, I okay, okay, okay. I didn't. I saw that there was some offensive tweets that he had. I didn't know it was your Bean Dad. Bean Dad is like the least. Yeah, it's like all taken out of context, though. Like that's the funny thing; they're all like jokes. Mm -hmm. Everyone hates Bean Dad, but Trevor. If okay, if if I remember correctly, Bean Dad was the guy whose daughter was hungry, and she just wanted a can of beans, and he's like, "You got to open it yourself. You, this world is tough. You need to, you know, master these." Yeah, skills and the whole thing was a hyper, like a hyperbolic, like joke, like like Trevor style over the top. Like he wasn't like. And, he had like and child then, family service had to visit his house, and like you can imagine how that went. The 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 CFS work was like this is the stupidest waste of my damn time I've ever seen. Like it was pretty unanimous, the internet's opinion. And then I saw the name, I was like, wait a minute, isn't this one of the guys that Trevor makes <laughs> on a podcast? And you're just out there defending them. Oh, he's a ten out of ten. As far as podcasts go, there he's as good as it gets. He's arguably the best podcaster in the world. He's got more natural talent than any other podcaster I've ever heard. 
uh, and, and he's great, and he's a great dude, and he makes jokes, and people just have no idea who he is. And guess what? Here's the best part: he's not even canceled. He's making fine money, and it was just a thing that the internet was mad at, and his life's the exact same as it always was. And so, so what did Jennings' involvement on this? Oh, he... they have a podcast together. They've had a podcast oh. for like five years. I thought maybe he tweeted like Bean Dad should be shot or something. No, no, Ken Jennings and B- and and Ken Jennings said John Roderick's a gay dude. He, I love him. He's my friend. I'm not going to quit a podcast with my friend because nobody gets the context of some stupid tweets. Screw you. Go listen to the podcast. You'll get it. You know. He said, I'm standing by my friend. This is stupid. It's a waste of time. And then everybody's like, ooh, how dare you, Ken Jennings? Uh, uh, Trevor, uh, you just first... don't understand internet culture anymore. <laughs> Let me tell you about a serious video game backlash. <gasps> from It's called Boyfriend Dungeon. Carter, oh, do you know yeah. what the game is? I is used to. War? Is it a dating game? But it's like probably... It's a, a dungeon... It's like a dungeon crawler Diablo style d- dating slash dating simulator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the main actor in the game. Who oh yes, a- this. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's there's a bad guy in the game who's like a bad boyfriend. He's manipulative. Yeah. He seems innocent early on, but Eric goes on to be emotionally manipulative and stalks <laughs> the player through the game. These triggering behaviors are referenced in the content warning for the game. But players are complaining that it wasn't specific enough about all the complaints. So like, they just they want him removed from the game. They want the bad guy taken out of the game because he's too manipulative. Yes, makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that's the point of the game. Yes. <laughs> the vo- the voice actor is being destroyed too. You'll never work again. <laughs> Yeah, the internet's going after the voice actor, and he's like, um, <laughs> I know, he wrote on Twitter, I know he sucks. I was reading a script. <laughs> yeah, Next it's be like, a job. Anthony yeah. Hopkins, you bastard! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Science of the Lab is real. <laughs> How can you portray eating people? <laughs> I think that anything that's just online, like, this is not a big game. No, not at all. People will go after it to get exact, like weird. Internet people Pred. will go Online after Pred, everything, yeah. just to for everything to be bad. So yeah, yeah podcast like, guy. It's just, it's just a. I don't know if it's just a game to people, or if they do get that, they just get it's pearl clutching. Nothing. I think it's it's bored people because yeah. every time Manitoba gets involved with online stuff it's always uh, an individual living up north uh on on a reserve uh like um there was a lot of swatting going on in Tennessee mm-hmm. and uh so this guy was arrested up north there uh he was the one making the calls to the Tennessee SWAT team <laughs> saying you know go here go here it's just some bored guy up north and same thing with uh birdman uh chris what's his name yeah the cat um yeah, he was getting catfished by someone bored, I think, up in Norway House or something like that. Uh, and really ruined his life there for a bit. I think there's like all these like child porn allegations and stuff like that. And yeah. it was just this, this elaborate scheme by a bored person. And and that's yeah, this this uh this swatter is just some eighteen year old bored up north. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you have a pile of 20 to 30 year olds who are bored. Have no interest except video games. <laughs> and really, like, how many and copies is that video game of, sold? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I know about it because, like, this this stupid crap. Never gonna play it. Never even look up a screenshot of it or anything like that. I've got a story for you. Right today. Oh, give me a second. I just dropped my reading thing onto my face. <laughs> now my lip hurts. Um, did I take you to Grafton, New Hampshire? So it's become, so this is from Esquire.com. I'm doing some highlights from it. Okay. So it's become a home for libertarians. The well, their state, in the woods. Their, yeah. their state motto is live free or die. Yeah, so oh. a group of people finding each other, surprisingly largely over the internet, posting manifestos. They were looking oh. for a libertarian paradise. So they all agreed to move to this town and take over the government. So they got getting rid of things like taxes, of course, which are very bad. Without all these things, they thought the town would thrive and self-regulate. Logic, mm. reason, and just efficiency. They drew upon works from like Ayn Rand and from micronations <laughs> tried in the Pacific and Caribbean during the 70s. So... They thought everyone in the town would like them, but the locals were not happy. So all these new people moved in and had some enough power to take over, like the votes to take over. So they cut the taxes of this already poor town <laughs> almost in half. They made like life impossible for law enforcement, constantly filming it, like pushing, doing the town for everything and doing a bunch of stuff, bothering the sheriff and filming it all. One man had one of them had plans to make this a free space. Things like trafficking organs, the right to hold duels, and the God given rights to organize bum fights. <laughs> that man was Joe Rogan. Okay. Can't keep going. Lots of stuff. So, like I said, the the budget was slashed for the town, taking out things like um, public services. Potholes got worse and worse. Sewer, water, um, policing, lighting. There was no no police for domestic disputes. Violent crime spiked, and town workers started going without heat. So, this brings us to the bears. Oh, these animals without any trash collection. And refusal to put in bear proof <laughs> garbage cans in town. <laughs> oh, yeah. These animals seven times f- can sense food seven times farther than a human or than a bloodhound can flip a 300 pound stone and can run with speed rivaling a deer for bursts. So when the bears finally started to maul humans, attacking two women in their homes. <laughs> Things started to get bad in the town. When you look in their eyes, you understand one of the survivors said. This is so good. This is the best. This is, this is, the, 
It went from let's do this, let's live together. Oh, let's cut down. Oh my God, this bear's attacking us. That's how fast the world collapses with your stupid ideas. That's how close we are to utter collapse. Other people, other residents died from uh, popcorn congestion. <laughs> These black bears just... in Grafton were not like other black bears. They started to get bold. They'd hang out in yards and patios just during the day, taunting you, <laughs> drinking a beer. These boy bears do not care about loud noise and would not be run off. Chicken and sheep started to disappear, and so did household pets. One Graftonite was playing with their kittens on our lawn when a bear bounced out of the woods, grabbed two of them, and ate them. <laughs> A little chicken McNugget, face. yeah, right in the face. Some people just, just eat your cat care. right yeah. in front of your face. What you gonna, <laughs> what you gonna do about <laughs> it? Stares you down. Eats you your cat system, yeah. right in front of you. The berry cat world in New Hampshire. Now, is this the best woman or the worst woman in town? She refused. She didn't give her name. She was known as Donut Lady for the story. She re- revealed to the author that she'd been taken. She's been welcoming the bears for feasts on grain topped with donuts. So when those bears show up on other lawns, that's not her problem, she says. Oh, my. <laughs> so she was luring wild animals to town with human yeah. food. Yeah. Oh, my God, she should be shot. <laughs> Shoot her and then the bears. Mm-hmm.